Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled, You Will Reign in Life. This would be part number 12 and going strong. Today's message is subtitled, Why Is This Happening to Me? Today, we'll dive into that question and discover hidden truths in God's Word that will really bless your life. We're going to talk about God's sufficient grace. So sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts because here comes the rich Word of God. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 60. We're going to start there today as we're in this series entitled, You Will Reign in Life. And I believe this is part number 12 in that series of you will reign in life now here's the kicker someone says well i don't know about this reigning in life thing i don't understand about all of it why would i need uh to reign in life why in the world would i need to reign in life well the fact of the matter is all of us are still in uh we're still in warfare whether you want to believe that or not. Okay, we, let's get, all right, thank you very much. I want everybody to praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You're still in a battle right now, whether you want to believe it or not. There are forces coming after you on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Sometimes it slacks up and it's okay. Other times it gets really, really bad. It can get so bad in this life that many have already decided to take their lives. They've committed acts of suicide. They've committed physical suicide. They've taken their own lives. They've committed marital suicide. They've gotten divorces. They've they've committed um, uh, career suicide. They they have um, uh, quit their jobs. There are so many things. People are ready to quit. They're ready to throw in the towel at any minute. There is a battle that is raging right now. Right now, you say, well, and, and then we can go through life and ask this question, and this will be our subtitle for today. We can go through life and ask this question. Why is all this happening to me? Why is all this happening to me? You can say continually, I try to do right. I try not to hurt anybody, try not to bother anybody. But it seems like all this stuff keeps on happening to me. Say, I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to trying to pay my tithe, trying to give an offering, trying to give my time to the Lord. And it seems like all this stuff all around me, it keeps on bothering me. It's so frustrating. Um, I'm, I'm so aggravated. I'm so upset. Why is all this bad happening to me all the time? You want the short answer? You're not in heaven. There are invisible forces that are trying to kill you. And someone says, well, why is why does it seem that the wicked are having so much fun? They got so much money. They got so many things. Why? Let me tell you, money or success, money or success is also a a weapon that the enemy uses. Money, success is a weapon. It can be a, it can be a weapon. Why is that? Because if someone gets enough of it, they'll ignore God. 
Oh, well, I'm okay. I don't need anything. Now, I don't, I don't need you to pray for me. I, I got everything. I got money. I got a big house. I got stuff. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And fills you up with a sense of false pride. And once you're filled up with a sense of false pride, you will ignore God. And what's happening, really, I love this. What's, what, what's happening? I, I saw a movie uh, recently uh, entitled God's Not Dead. That was a very good movie. I, I advise you all to see it. It's pretty good. But there's one scene in the movie where, where the Lord really, uh, using this lady, describes uh, what it's like to have all this riches and fame and things of that nature. It's like being in a padded cell, a soft cell, a soft uh, or in a beautiful prison cell. You think everything is great until life is over and you find out that the doors are locked and you cannot get out. Do you understand it? So why is it all this happening to me? Well, uh, you have the image of God. You were born with the image of God. You are man. And if you are born again, you're holding the image of Jesus Christ. You are becoming Christ-like or like Christ. And the very God of this world system, the enemy, Lucifer, Satan, is after you to kill you. To try to take you back where you once were. Yes, yes, yes. So I don't want any of you to be deceived or dismayed and thinking that if you keep on doing good, good stuff is supposed to happen to you because good stuff, you know, because you're doing good. I know a man, my best friend, did everything absolutely right. Perfection. You may know my best friend. I don't know if you do or not. Maybe, maybe you do. But he did everything absolutely positively right, and they still hung him on the cross. So please don't think, oh, why is all this happening to me? I'm doing right. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Good things supposed to happen to me all the time. Understand it will once you get there in heaven. But right now you are still on the battlefield. Bullets are still flying your way. Bombs are still going off. And unless you learn how to reign, how to conquer, how to rule, how to use your sword that the Lord Jesus has given to you, unless you learn to use these things, you will be overcome. Now, if you choose not to fight, leave your sword down, not fight the enemy. Well, this is going to keep on coming at you wave after wave and sometimes it will be fine then other times it will be very bad now anyone who has lived any portion of years should say amen to that so we are making a stand here we're making a stand telling the enemy you've come this far and you can come no further now it's time for the body of Christ to rise with power and authority Because Jesus has already given us that power and authority through his name. And we're learning to reign, to rule in this life. Amen. Amen. Through the one Jesus Christ. This is exciting stuff. All right. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 60. Very quickly. Isaiah 60. And I want to welcome all of you again one more time. Welcome all of you again because it took something for you to get here this morning. It took something for you to get here this morning. And if you open your heart to receive what God has for you, I'm telling you, you'll be richly and marvelously blessed. Don't don't allow the enemy to steal or to take away 
uh, or to interrupt what God has for you today. Isaiah 60, verse number one reads like this. We'll read verses one and two today. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall, what? Arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Isn't that something? Something invisible, God's glory, will be made visible for all to see. That's a divine promise. We've entered into that season. Now go with me to the book of Romans. Romans, the fifth chapter. Romans 5. And I'm going to read uh, just one verse. Verse number 17. We've been rehearsing this uh, over the last uh, 12 weeks or so. We've been rehearsing that some of you will know this by heart by now. Romans 5 verse 17 says this. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, talking about Adam, because of what Adam did, death reigned. Much more they which receive, what? Abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. This is how we're going to reign in life. Some people go to seminars and they go all, they travel all around the world trying to find how they can overcome, how they can win in life, how they can get ahead in life. When the Bible already tells us those who receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by the one Jesus Christ. I'm out to prove that word. Praise the Lord. I'm I'm out to live in that word. Praise the Lord. All right. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians. We stopped here on last week. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. As we discover today again, once again, how to reign in life. And as we answer, go on and answer the question, why is all this happening to me. We've already given you just a few reasons, but the more we define what it is and why it is, the more you'll have power over it. The more you understand a thing, the more you'll have power over a thing, especially as it relates to your enemy. All right, but before we get to Rome, rather uh, 2 Corinthians 12, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time, for this opportunity that you've given us to gather around your rich, your rich word. We do ask for your grace, uh, Lord God, to be abundant as we dive into your word today. Let our hearts and minds be open and ready and receptive to hear your word, to receive your word. And Lord, we ask that you would just speak to us today by your spirit. So we pray, Holy Spirit, Teach us, lead us, guide us. We welcome your presence. We say, come in your fullness. Make your abode with us. We love you today. We admit our own weaknesses and frailties. And we declare your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, today we're going to continue speaking about this. uh, Romans 12 chapter, Romans 12. Uh, we're going to start at verse six. Now, of course, you can read the entire scripture once you get home. You can read the entire scripture. Uh, but for time's sake, uh, we're going to just going to start here. Verse number six. Paul says, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool for I will say the truth. 
But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he hath seen me to be, or that he hath or rather or that he heareth of me. Verse seven. Uh, here's what we began on last week here. And least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation. There was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Least I should be exalted above measure for this thing. I besought the Lord thrice three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, here comes these powerful words. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in, in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. Why? For when I am weak, then am I strong. Isn't that awesome? This is so, so awesome. Now, we went through a lot of this on last week, so I won't go over a lot of this again. But I will bring some things to your attention once again. Notice what Paul said. He said that there was a sign to him. There was given to him a thorn, a thorn in the flesh. Now, the word thorn really translates uh, to the word steak. No, I know you're hungry, but not that steak. A steak, a spike. Much like what uh, one puts in the ground when you're planting tomatoes or some tomatoes, a stake. So when you think of a thorn in this context, I don't want you to think about a little piece of wood stuck in your finger. This is actually a stake that is driven. He said, there is a thorn in my flesh. There's a thorn Many would say in his side, there is there is something that is stuck in me that I can't get out. That is causing me a lot of pain, aggravation, that is causing me a lot of torment, that is causing me frustration. There is something stuck in me, a thorn in my flesh. Obviously, Paul could not remove this. Um, in himself or he wouldn't be asking God to do it. Now, we know that this is not a physical thorn. Someone didn't just go up to Paul and say, hey, Paul. No, this is not a physical thorn. This is not a physical stake in him. But if we would look at the conditions, this is something that is very spiritual, that has natural effects. A thorn or a stake in his side or in his flesh talks about a troubled situation, something that is always nagging, something that is haunting, again, something that is frustrating, something that is aggravating, something that you can't get around, something that always pokes his head up every once in a while just to remind you, hey, I'm here. 
Seems like you take, some would say, every time I take two steps forward, it seems like I take three steps back. I cannot get ahead. I can't get ahead. And it's frustrating. Seems like when things would be working out, but they then they turn not to be working out. It's like you can't depend upon the job, can't depend on the economy, can't depend upon business. You can't depend upon people, friends, family. When they should be there, they're not there. And there is a thorn in my sight that prevents me from getting ahead. He said, I can't get this out myself. And the Apostle Paul knows how to cast out some devils. I mean, there are several examples in Scripture. He knows how to deal with the devil. He knows how to deal with demons. But this thorn is something that has been prescribed by God. Now, we're going to look at this in Scripture today. What is this thorn? What is this stake? Well, the Bible says it is a, a messenger a messenger of Satan. That is the thorn there. It tells you a messenger of Satan. A messenger is one that comes to bring anybody a a message. Did I misspell that? That's right, isn't it? All right. Um, that's one of my weaknesses, by the way. A messenger is one who comes to bring a message, a message. Most messages are given by words, right? If you have something to say to me, I would expect you to use some type of wording, right? Here is a messenger of Satan, the messenger that belongs to Satan, all right? The enemy means this for evil. But God allowed this for a purpose. And I'm going to show you this. He allowed this for a purpose, if you will. Let me show you a picture of Paul, if you will. All right. And if you will, let this represent, if you will, let this represent Uh, the glory cloud of God, okay? If you will, let that represent the glory cloud of God. We'll, we'll We'll just say that's the glory cloud of God, okay? Use your imagination. Thank you, Diane. Use your imagination. That's all I can say. You have to have imagination in this church, okay? Use your imagination. We're gonna see some things here. Now, we said that there was a thorn in Paul. There's a thorn in his flesh. So we'll put uh, maybe a spike there. Okay, that's the thorn. Looks like it may be in his neck, but you understand. (laughs) It's there. The scene is set now. Are you ready to go with me? All right, let's look at this one more time. He said, at least now, this, now we're, we're going to talk about the reason here again. Why is this happening to me? Why is there a thorn assigned to me? What is a thorn? It is the messenger of Satan that is sent to buffet me. Let's talk about the thorn just for a moment before we go a little bit further. Again, a thorn, the thorn is, is, is something or someone that hinders or stands in your way or prevents you from reaching your goal, a promise or realizing your potential or your dream. 
something that stands in your way, something or someone that stands in your way and prevents you, actively prevents you from reaching your goals, your dreams, or your potential. A thorn, again, is, is a spike. It is, a, it is almost like a spear that is, shut, that is um, stuck in the side. Uh, a thorn is something that pierces the, the skin or outer layer, uh, remains intact, and causes, and causes irritation until it's dug out or removed. How many of you have ever had a thorn in your finger before? Oh, isn't it irritating? It is quite irritating. Well, this is not that. This is a stake stuck in your, again, not food. This is that pole that is like a pole that is stuck in Paul's side. So anyway, so this will remain until it is dug out, until it is removed. All right. So now we also know that this messenger is coming to bring a message. That is, he is always coming to speak in the ears of Paul. Let's bring up Paul's ears there. Here comes the enemy always speaking in Paul's ears. Always blah, 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 blah in his ears. Anybody ever try to do something and you, and you, have, your, you have the best intentions and you want to do something right? But it seems like there's always somebody there to criticize you. Always that voice of criticism. And that voice of criticism is trying its best to shut you down, to try to stop you. You've you've done your absolute best, but there's always that voice of criticism. Always that voice that tears you down, that says that what you have just done, it is not good enough. Well, here again is that messenger of Satan trying to stop you. One of the best ways he has to stop you is to take someone that is closest to you as Job, by the way. Take someone that is closest to you and have them to speak in your ears. Why don't you just curse God and die? Whether it's a co-worker, whether it's a friend that may have the best intentions in the world. You're trying to fly your hot air balloon, but you're going to go too high. You're going to this, you're going to that. There's always something spoken in the ear that is preventing you from moving forward. That's preventing you from reigning. Now, this is this thing, although the enemy means it for evil to stop you. God allowed it to come to produce something in you. Now, notice again, Paul could have he he I'm sure thought that he could just bind this thing and cast it out and sell it. Tell the devil, leave me alone. But he's finding out no matter how much he tries, it continues to stay there. And some of you, no matter how much, how many, how many times you tried to save money, no matter how many uh, times you you tried to patch things up, it seems like no matter how much you try, it still stays right there. And this could be something that's been going on for years. You can't get around it. And some people go from job to job trying to get around it, relationship to relationship, trying to get around it, church to church, trying to get around it. No matter where they go, it seems like trouble is always there. It's always there. You can't avoid it. 
And I've known people to go from place to place, relationship to relationship, church to church, trying to avoid some sort of trouble. But it's not leaving. It's not moving. You can't cast it out. You can't pray it out. You can't shout it out. You can't fast it out. There's only one cure for this. And Paul said, I found I can't do it. So I'm going to the Lord. God, take this area of frustration away from me. Because Paul has realized by this point that this must be something supernatural going on. There must be something else happening here that's beyond my control. So he seeks the Lord three times and God gives him an answer. And what is the answer that the Lord gives? Does he say, yes, Paul, I'll remove this from you? No, he tells him some wonderful words we'll look at today. There's still so much. We could probably go another few weeks, really, to tell the truth about it. Another few weeks just in these verses alone. And I look forward to do that. If you have the patience, you can get a good, good bit of word in here. He tells him, let's look at verse number nine once again. He tells him that my grace is what? My grace is sufficient for you. Now, the Greek word for sufficient is um, argi, I'm sorry, argeo, argeo. And, it, and it's written like this. This is what it is here. R E O. A little there he goes. Argeo. And Argeo means, I love this. So the Lord's saying, My grace is Argeo for you. Now, this is important. Now, uh, hold with me, okay? This is important. He said, My grace is Argeo. My grace is sufficient for you. Argeo means to be possessed of unfailing strength. I've placed unfailing strength, Paul, at your disposal. A strength that will not fail. Argeo also means to be strong, uh, uh, to suffice, to be enough, to ward off, to defend or ward off. In other words, this is enough to defend or ward off this attacker. I've given you a power, a strength that is unfailing, that is sufficient, that that is enough to ward off or defend yourself from this attacker. I've already given it to you. Now, there seems to be a malfunction here because if this if Paul had this revelation already, why hasn't this attacker gone? Why hasn't this situation moved away from him? He hasn't from this up to this point, hasn't tapped into what the Lord Jesus has already provided. Now, here in now we're 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 closing. Here's the thing. This situation is not going to move from your life. Until you learn to tap into this sufficient grace. Oh, that's a clapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Wow, wow, wow. But you got to know how to tap into it. Or you continue to face it. Now, we said that the scripture says that God allowed it. He said this is okay. He prescribed it. He said there was, the Bible says, there was given unto me. 
The word given there in the text, in the original text, means to be permitted or to allow. Much like in the case of Job, how when the how, uh, when the when um, the devil and the and the fallen angels came up before God and uh, God said, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil said, yeah, I've considered him many a times. I'm paraphrasing, but you've got this hedge of protection around him. And uh, I bet he curse you if you just dropped it down. The enemy was already looking around Job as a roaring lion trying to get into his life, but he could not get into his life unless he had uh, the enemy could not get into Job's life unless he had the permission of God. Understand something. So really this pain, this was allowed by God. Okay. To come into Paul's life, not to tear him down, but for Paul to realize the strength of Christ that was already on the inside of him. That was sufficient. His grace, the grace of Christ that was sufficient to overcome, to ward off and to defend himself from this messenger of Satan that was sent into his life. There are some things about you and in you that you will never discover without a prescribed frustration. There are some things that are in you that you will never discover without a sense of pressure. Some says, well, if I were in that situation, I'd do so and so and so and so. Really tell the truth. You don't know what you do until you get in that situation. Until you are standing in front of it. We can until then we can only say, well, I hope I would do this. I hope I would do that. And then this reason we cannot judge each other because we don't have the same facts. We don't know what they went through to get him to that moment. I wouldn't have done that. Okay. We don't know what you would have done. Or we can say we hope you would not have done this and that and the other. There are cases in scripture that people will have this will have the same sort of a scenario going on. Even in scripture, the children of Israel, as they were about to leave the promised land, rather leave um, Egypt, going to the promised land. The Bible says that they went up harnessed in the book of Exodus. They went up harnessed. In other words, they had their armor on and they were ready for war as they were leaving out of Egypt. You want to read that? Okay, let's try to read that together. Let's go. Turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus. We'll, we'll go here for a second as we begin to close today. I want you to want you really to, to get this. Exodus 13. You can just uh, listen if you want. Exodus 13, verses 17 through 18. This is what it reads. It says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the, let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, uh, though that was near. For God said, what do you mean that was near? That means that there was a shortcut. There was a shortcut. Can you believe that? From, um, from Egypt into the promised land, there was a shortcut. He said, I'm not going to lead them that way, though. Why aren't you going to give me the short way, God? Why, why, why? He says, uh, for God said, least preventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. He said, if I take you up the short way, you're not ready for it. 
least when you start seeing their swords, you start seeing their influence, how and and, and how intimidating they are, you run back. Like scared little people running back to Egypt. He said, I know what's in you. But let's look what let's look, let's finish the verse. Let's look at verse number 18. Uh, verse 18 says, but God led the people about. In other words, he led them around through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And listen to this. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. In other words, they thought they were ready to see battle, to see war. That's why they had their arm, their armament on. They had their shield. They had their sword. We're ready to take the land, God. We're ready to do it, God. Said, uh-huh. Uh-huh. We ready to do it, God. Yeah, we ready. We ready. We ready. They said they were ready. Their clothes said that they were ready. But God looked and said, you're not ready. So I'm going to have to allow you to go the long way because you're not ready yet for what you're about to face. Why is this happening to me? Seems like so-and-so just got in there. They fill out the application and just got the job. But I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. Maybe because you're not ready yet. It takes a lot longer to build, to, to dig a footing for a tall building, a skyscraper, than it does to, to build for a one-story building. Are you hearing? Let me give you one more example of this before we close down today. In Matthew 26, Matthew 26, here's another example of somebody who was saying, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready, Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. I got it. I got it. I'm ready. Uh Uh-huh. Matthew 26. Now, these are all people that just could have sworn that they were ready. I should have this by now. I should be. I should do this by now. I, I should. Yes. Why is this all this happening to me, Lord? Why? 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 Matthew twenty-six, verse thirty-one says this. Then, uh, then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep. Of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before before you into Galilee. Verse 33. Peter answered and said unto him, Oh, don't you love Peter? He's the spokesman of the group, isn't he? Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. He's saying, Lord, I'm never going to leave you. I'll never forsake you. Let everybody else walk away, Jesus. I'll be right there with you. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready to take this challenge. I'm ready to walk where you walking, Jesus. I'm ready to confront the adversary. I'm ready for this. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said unto him, verily or truly, I say unto you that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Amen. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. 
Everybody said, we're never going to do it, Jesus. We're never going to do it. No, no, no. But sometimes you don't know what's in you until you, until you are placed in that situation. And so here is God already knows you. He knows your potential. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strength, your strengths. He knows your destination. And we say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I can do this. Send me. I'm ready. Why is all this happening? Why is this delay? Why, why, why? Looks down and says, hmm. Pulls you out the oven. Hmm? Not quite done yet. Get back in there. Not quite done yet. I see you getting brown around the edges. You're looking pretty good. But you're still not done. Don't worry. This is a prescribed pressure. And during prescribed pressure, the Lord is a witness to the whole thing. Much like he was witness of the disciples when he told them to go in a boat to the other side of the other side of the shore. Go to the go to the other side, boys. And the Lord sent away the people and they were he was there alone. And fourth watch of the night, of course, they were struggling on the struggling on the river, trying to uh, make it to the other side. And the Lord was there on the shore and he could see it all. Monitoring the entire situation. I see it. I see what you're going through. The Lord says, I see your tears. I see your frustration. I see your agony. I see how many times you wanted to throw in the towel. Many of you did throw in the towel and God picks it up and threw it right back at you. (laughs) Said, I'm not going to let you quit. I'm not going to let you give it up. You throw it in and it hits you back. You throw it in and it hits you back. He's not going to let you let it go. Because the work is not yet done. So why did the Lord allow this to happen to Paul? Why is he allowing this to happen to you? Why is he allowing this to happen to me? So that we may learn how to tap into this thing called sufficient grace. This grace. This grace, now look look at this once again. Go back to 2 Corinthians, and we're really going to stop now in my seventh closing. Go back to 2 Corinthians. Let's tie this up in a nice bow before we stop it. Is that okay with you? 2 Corinthians 12, going back, he said, My grace is sufficient for thee. Or we could even say, in thee. It says, for my strength is made perfect, made perfect, made complete, made, 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 which means that something about this situation is doing something in him. There is a motor that is running that is making the strength of God perfect in him, complete in him. There is a motor when you are frustrated, when you're aggravated, when you are confused, when you have been let down yet again, yet again. Understand something at that point, at that moment of frustration, the motor is beginning to run. Brrr. 
and it is producing power in you. When you feel pressed down, when you feel like I can't take this anymore, the motor is running and it is producing the strength of God on the inside of you. This strength can only be produced or made perfect under stress and under pressure. In this, we can see this, and I'm going to have to close here. Let me give you this very shocking truth. God is more concerned about your growth and development than he is concerned about your comfort. Oh, that's just the truth, Ruth. There will be times of comfort. Yes, there will be times of Oh, it feels so good today and everything smells so good. Roses and oh, there'll be good days. Oh, there'll be great days. But then understand there'll be other days that the Lord says, all right, it's time to turn the machine on that I may make my strength perfect or complete on the inside of you. It's time to crank it back up. Why? Because there is a strength. Boom. There's a strength. Boom. God said, I'm getting you ready for something that you do not yet see. He says, I know what's a ahead of you and you're not ready for what's ahead of you so I've got to make you ready now because you're heading that way and if I don't make you ready right now when you get to that spot you're going to curse me and say God you're not faithful no so the Lord said I will make you ready right now though you cry though you whine though you complain though you meliate meliate, though you bellyache though you do all of that God says I'm telling you I'm getting you ready and when you get there you'll have the power of grace on the inside of you that is able to overcome that thing are you hearing oh hallelujah but not only the troubles that you will face but the troubles that others will face around you he's sending you in as a mighty warrior as a mighty warrior, fully developed with the strength of God to do combat and do warfare and to bring people out of darkness into his marvelous light. The question is, will you continue to kick against the prick? Will you continue to kick against God? Or will you say like Paul said, hey, I've learned to take pleasure in this now. I take pleasure. I call it good. I take pleasure in my infirmities. I take pleasure in my distresses. When I'm frustrated, I smile. Hallelujah. Because I know something is working on the inside of me. My friends say, why aren't you cursing them out? Why aren't aren't you crying? Aren't you upset? No, this is good for me because the motor is turning. Motor is turning and I am getting stronger. If you can capture that revelation, that understanding, the more trouble you go through, the stronger you will become. The more trouble you go through, the stronger you will become. The more trouble you go through, the more stronger, the stronger you will become until that day when you look the enemy face to face and he will cower before you. Because the image of Christ will be fully built, strength of Christ fully restored in you. And you will see great deliverance and you will reign in life. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. 
we would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.